What's up, guys? We're back again. We're your co-hosts, Angelina and Olivia. Thank you so much for tuning in to Allegedly on this auspicious Thursday as we sit down to discuss society through the lens of radical politics, spirituality, astrology, and personal and collective liberation. We hope all of you listening leave each episode with a deeper understanding of yourself, your communities, and the world around you. At the end of the day, we want you to feel empowered. So sit back, plug in, and listen to what we have to say because shit isn't adding up and we're about to break it all down. But remember, everything we say is alleged. What's up, y'all? Today, we're running it back with our Keeping It Real episode. If you're new here, we do about two of these a season where we just keep it real. Yeah. We're recording this two days after the full moon lunar eclipse. That shit was a lot. No, it was. I don't know if anybody has been following the Sophia saga and drama, but that happened on the lunar eclipse. I don't, wait, can you explain that? Basically, this girl named Sophia, like, scammed a bunch of, like, L.A. influencers of, like, a lot of money. And, like, they're just perpetually lying and pretending. Oh. Yeah. I saw someone that. It's, like, the detail of the story, like, I can't get into, which is, like, a whole hour. But I was, like, obsessed with it because I was, like, whoa. And I just, like, like that kind of stuff. I think it's, like, very scorpionic. But, yeah, it was on the lunar eclipse and Twitter was in fucking shambles, like... (laughs) And I was in shambles too. Like it was Yeah, I get into it. It was a very like emotional past couple of days. I think like a lot of my insecurities and just like past things that I've had to work on were coming to the surface again, which like always happens on full moons because like full moons are a time of like highlighting or shining a light on things. I think particularly for me, the insecurities were just like coming into conflict between who I want to be and who I am now. Yeah, just the cognitive dissonance and like the feelings of anxiety that came with that were really being highlighted and like intensified during that. Mm -hmm. The lunar eclipse to me, I don't feel like it was that like shaking everything up. I am scared. Because, like, it's supposed to really affect, like, Scorpio and Taurus placements, but more in the way of, like, transformation across these, like, next six months. I've pretty much just been, like, living kind of head empty, almost to a fault. I haven't really had any, like, insights or breakthroughs. I feel like I've just been, like, living life on cruise control. Everything feels mediocre at best, which is, like, not like me. If anyone knows me, I'm, like, very much so into like whatever I'm into and I like don't half-ass anything if I do I don't want to be doing it but everything has just felt like kind of half-ass part of me is just like it's just seasonal slash Scorpio season slash just like having clinical depression and part of me is just like you know not every day is a fucking growing healing journey like Mm -hmm. sometimes you're just chilling at max And that's kind of, like, what I've been telling myself. But then, obviously, like, you know, like, capitalistic indoctrination. I'm like, wait, what about in one year? What about in two years, in four years, in five years? Like, I'm a competent person. I, like, trust my ability to just fuck around and find out. Which I feel like also is, like, kind of the thing that I run into a lot of times. Also because of, like, landmark experience. Just this unending quest of bettering myself and, like, improving and, like self-introspecting is something that I'm still trying to 
have a healthier relationship with. And just like coping with Landmark and the aftermath in general has obviously been like an ongoing process for me. There are like definitely times and like instances where I get extremely triggered and that's hard to deal with. On top of just like anxiety, like I'm seeing a therapist now, which has been really good. But at some points, I really feel like it kicks my ass like really hard. And I don't like to struggle out here, but yeah, no one I'm does. struggling. Right. For me, I think it was worse before I like actually started taking medication. And for me, I think like um, depression is really interesting because I think that people that have never experienced it think that it's like you're just like walking around like sad and like gloomy all day. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, I can't speak to anybody else's, but like for me, it's like a complete like lack of appetite for like life, not in a like sad way. I mean, like, yeah, it's sad when you like reflect on it and like obviously you can like keep triggering yourself and like going like deeper and deeper and deeper like that's why when you're depressed you like listen to sad music to make yourself more depressed or you'll think about people that were like mean to you or like you'll let people treat you like shit so like it re-triggers you over and over again which is like really fucked up but like a lot of times with mental illness there's something cathartic about letting yourself be triggered mm -hmm. because then you can at least say I'm depressed because I saw this thing I right. read this thing I experienced this thing not taking accountability of the fact that you chose to put yourself in that situation and also like the world cannot be responsible for like your internal like response there's something very sickfully like cathartic about that though like I don't know how to explain yeah so that obviously exacerbates sadness but for me it's just like a very like blend like nothing really hits no food really tastes good Consuming any media that's not like my comfort media, like doesn't really feel that good. And anybody looking at me from the outside, I'm not out here like, mm. like I'm literally <laughs> yeah. like perfectly fine. And I and and if somebody asks me like, are you okay? Which is like what me and my friend were talking about the other day about how like it's very hard to like communicate depression to people that have never experienced it because of this idea that it's like mm, I'm so sad, sad, cry every day. And obviously, I'm not discounting anybody's depression experiences if that is yours or whatever. The, like, lack of appetite for, like, life stems from, like, an internal sadness or whatever. I'm not saying sadness is not part of the equation at all mm -hmm. or trauma isn't part of the equation at all. I'm just saying, like, a lot of people that I personally know really kind of relate to that experience. And so, like, it's really hard, even just, like, not with other people, parents, right? Because you don't have to explain yourself to anyone else. But, like, your parents that are, like, genuinely trying to be, like, yo, like, what the fuck is up? What can we do? And you're, like, mm -hmm. bro, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, are you going to make this food taste good? Are you going to make <laughs> me want to get out of bed in the morning? Like, no. So I don't know what to yeah. tell you. The way my anxiety works, it almost, like, stops me from living life. I literally just, like, put myself in, like, brain shackles mm -hmm. because, I don't know, it's just, like, a lot of overthinking, a lot of just fear. It's just like a really inhibiting thing because I'm like my own worst enemy. I think I think you were saying this because no, what was like, I, what was I talking about? I was like, yeah, I don't remember. Um, oh, I think I was saying how like my anxiety makes me feel like everyone else is my op, but my op is me. And I was like, I just find that funny. And then she was like, How is that funny? <laughs> and I, and that's valid. And I was like, 
it's like someone being scared of their own shadow. And it is funny when you like think about it that way, but like it's true. This is like always the joke I make about anxiety is that like nobody gives a fuck about you. Like literally. And I, not in a derogatory way. But like I, I get like, what you're saying. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that should be your affirmation, you know? Not like, oh, I am brave. I'm strong. No, maybe you need to tell yourself nobody cares. And honestly, maybe that will work for me. No, yeah. And people, when I will like say it to non-anxious people, but like PC people will be like, this is a mental illness. Like, right. blah, 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 You're blah. discounting all of this. You're blah, whatever. Blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to help because like <laughs> they genuinely think that everyone's checking for them. Everyone's looking for them. Everyone's comparing. Everyone's whatever. And it's them. So I'm trying to tell them, like, yo, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Even if someone looks at you, they probably didn't even remember what you looked like. You said something dumb, bitch. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, remember when I said that dumb thing three weeks ago on, like, 5 p.m. on, like, Thursday? Bitch, I don't even remember what you said your name was. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like it. And I really wish I could not be anxious all the time. But that's just, like, the reality of the situation. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah. That's why I'm, like, I know that, like, saying that is not gonna like shake you out of anxiety i very much don't understand how mental health works i'm saying like maybe that should be an affirmation maybe that's something that whenever you get those anxious thoughts be like nobody cares nobody cares like nobody cares nobody cares i'm gonna try it and maybe i'll come back next um... maybe i should be a therapist shit (laughs) yeah maybe i'll come back next uh keeping it real episode and update you on how that's working right but that's the thing about anxiety, though. Like, it's an irrational belief. And, like, right. you're trying to counter it with a rational thought. And that's why I, like, understand that no therapist is ever going to say that because, like, that's not really how emotions work. Even if you counteract it with, like, all the rational thoughts, it won't necessarily make the irrational thought go away because one is irrational. So it doesn't need rationality in order to exist. It didn't need rationality to be mm-hmm. born. So rationality isn't going to necessarily negate it. That's kind of how I feel about CBT. But I've been seeing things from Kina, complex PTSD recovery, Mm -hmm. and how like CBT doesn't always work to, I guess, like maximum effectiveness because like a lot of trauma is also stored in the body. And I think like what I kind of want to do more research on is just like somatic healing. Mm -hmm. It is true. It's like your body holds a lot of trauma and emotions. And especially when you're like trying to like, process the emotions a big part of it is just feeling it mm-hmm. and like letting it run its course mm-hmm. which like that book the body keeps score that yeah book. yeah which i don't always do because i don't know why i still do this i've talked about this last season but i still don't fully give validity to my feelings and emotions mm-hmm. i was thinking about how i just have this like perpetual i'll do it eventually attitude towards everything in life and like obviously like in layman's terms that's just like procrastination if I wasn't a a procrastinator to the extent that I am which is like because of a combination of ADHD and depression I literally I think I would be God so maybe that's (laughs) why I had to that's why I had to become a serial procrastinator but that I'll do it eventually attitude that I have towards everything and maybe like I'm wrong but like it's not necessarily procrastination, like, at all. Like, when I say in, like, my head or anything, I'll do it eventually. I generally, with, like, the sincerest 
will do it eventually and I was thinking about how just the confines of society have reduced it to like being procrastination because society only has like a small window when you can do things for it to be deemed correct or right or being have done and if it's on outside of that it doesn't count or something like that and I was just like why why if our teacher like gives us something due like on January 5th isn't the point of me to get it done, right? So, like, why should it be negatively impacting me if I turn it in on January 7th? I get it within, like, the confines of human labor. So, like, the teacher needs to grade it and put the grades, all that stuff. So that being taken into account and, like, the teacher cannot be, like, overworked, overexploited, blah, blah, blah. But, like, why does it have to, like, fit within that time frame? Or even, like, parents especially, like, my mom would, like, get annoyed with us when we wouldn't wash the dishes the, like, afternoon after you, oh, like, eat the Oh, my mom does that, too. Yeah, yeah. and then after breakfast after you eat the breakfast and then, like, dinner mm-hmm. after you eat dinner. And I was like, why does it bother you so much? Why does it have to be limited to this specific time frame for it to, like, be considered satisfactory to you? Because isn't the whole point that the dishes are clean and there are enough dishes to, like, Bro, continually that's, like, eat on? why my parents fight like have those like heated arguments that turn into like family interventions that I have to mediate because of that one thing I don't know why though like and like I think it's different in the terms of interpersonal beef well actually it's really not because I could see how my partner I would beef on that because if you're asking me to do something and like you aren't saying like why you're just like I like it that way and it's genuinely feel like it's like me going out of my way to do that I could maybe sustain it for a little bit because I care about you, but it's literally like there's no rational reason. There's no safety reason. There's no whatever. So there's not going to be that genuine motivating factor besides like, oh, I care about you and you're not going to die if like there's three dishes left. So I probably will end up like not doing it. Then they'll get mad at me, then whatever. So I could see actually why that would start beef. Like if your dad thought like me and your mom was like, like my mom, Mm -hmm. because that actually starts beef between me and my mom. No, and my dad thinks like that too. But my mom let go. Like my mom just, her thing now is by the time I wake up the next morning, there shouldn't be a single dish. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like it always stems back to like control. Something that has been on my mind recently too is just like home life and family life. Especially, too, with the eclipse hitting, like, my fourth house in Scorpio and 10th house in Taurus. I think I'm kind of going through a transformation in just home life and what home means to me and how I can create it outside the confines of quote-unquote home or, like, my, my childhood home. It brings up, I guess, like, more anxiety for me because... I guess I went through like a friendship breakup, you can call it, and don't really like speak to um, a large chunk of people in my life now. So I basically am limited to like my few close friends and something that I've been really, something that's been on my mind is I need to find a community. And yeah, it just goes back to what I was saying about home. It's like the idea of a chosen home and a chosen family is something that I haven't It's not like a new concept to me, but it's not something that I've intentionally. It's also really hard at our age. And also coming from like the collegiate environment we came from, like everybody is very hyper focused on building whatever it is that they think or are aiming to build for themselves and like kind of establishing yourself. And like 
just like you're talking about all this anxiety about like figuring yourself out and all that stuff like a lot of people our age are going through that when people don't know themselves to like now like build a community around like a shared value and shared protection and like shared like accountability that's really hard when you're like still trying to figure out yourself which is not to say that you have to have your shit freaking locked and loaded before you can ever be in Mm -hmm. community but that's just to say that could also be like one of the barriers I feel like that I see amongst like people our age and also because you are trying to build a culture that is against cultural norms so like it goes back to like what we were talking about in the last episode with drugs about how certain things have been like pushed underground and also when you think about subcultures every subculture was born from a deviation from the cultural norm Norm. or like the cultural standard and so first of all we're young we're like in our early 20s now trying to like build a community that is not only a deviant from but is like subversive of the state and like our cultural norms from an environment that is heavily heavily esteemed and white supremacy the state all that stuff it's like very it's 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 not it's not easy Mm -hmm. and yeah it just like I don't like the feelings of like isolation but that's how I feel a lot of the times and sometimes it's self-inflicted and just due to the fact that I haven't been putting like in effort to actually like meet the community which it's also like maybe it's not even so much like putting an effort but like recognizing where you have community already in your life and like how you can like bolster already existing relationships to like meet what you which is like why community can only be built on a shared value system and that's the hard part because like goes back to what I was saying about if you're figuring yourself out right a lot of people are just don't know what their values are don't know what their expectations of like somebody that they consider themselves in community with to be for example like I expect like someone I'm in community with to hold me accountable because we know like accountability is a process that can only be facilitated through community if someone else doesn't really think that at all like how are we going to be in the Mm -hmm. same community right and that's actually something that I was like journaling on the other day just listing out what are my values what are my principles just like becoming more concrete with who I am like not to say that like again like you have to figure all your shit out but like just have a more concrete idea of what values you live life by and like once you start to embody that and like act like that person naturally yeah yeah, naturally you'll just fall into those communities and meet those people yeah that's what I was like saying and that's actually funny because I think this may help a lot of the listeners a lot of people will dm us and be like I've never been able to have these conversations with other people like things to the extent of like I feel alone or like how do you find community and so on and so forth live your values out loud and like you won't necessarily have to find community there'll be like a mutual reckoning with you and the people that you're supposed to be with I think a lot of people think finding community is the same question as being like how do I make friends And they're very different questions because, like, I can go to the club and make friends. Like, I can go to a restaurant with the intention of making friends. But, like, when you're trying to build something on a shared value system, how are people Mm -hmm. going to know your value system without you, like, living in your value system instead of prophesizing your value system? 
And I was telling Angelina about like how everything you do, like from like the places you go to the things you wear to how you wear your hair. I mean, Asada Shakur talks about this in her autobiography, which is like one of the best reads ever about how like for black women, the way you wear your hair is a political statement. And it very much so is. Even the things you wear, even the, the way you interact with space, the way you interact with the environment and nature, that's how you find your community because this is like a very cliche fucking Disney movie example. But like, let's say like you're an environmentalist, you believe in like recycling and cleaning up the earth. Where are you going to find your community? Think sitting in your room being like, yeah, the earth needs to be clean or going and picking up trash and running into other people that are picking up trash. That's a very oversimplified version, but like that is really the truth of it. And like, yeah, there's going to be growing pains and like you can't ask for like a community when you don't treat the people already in your life like the community that you want. So if I'm saying like I want a community of people that act a certain way, talk a certain way, we have these kind of interactions. If I'm not already like demanding that interaction from my interpersonal circles, then like it's going to feel very foreign to like now want that in a community if you're saying i want a community that's loving and caring and like you haven't talked about what it means to be loved between you and like your friends and like how do i show you love or put an effort into like be loving and caring or like that isn't a center of your relationship then that's going to be very hard to find people like that when you start demanding a value system and a standard that is congruent with the kind of community you want to build around yourself Anyone that doesn't think with that is just like not going to resonate with you. It doesn't mean they're going to kick them out or you're going to have beef with them or you're going to fight with them. It just means you won't rhyme anymore and it'll just occur naturally. Mm -hmm. After that conversation with Olivia, I was also journaling on like, who do I want to be? What does that mean to me? Like, so for example, like I want to be an intellectual, authentic, confident, blah, blah, blah person. What do those things mean to you? That like, was actually a really important thing. Yeah, actually. that's a really important because, thing. Because like we were talking about like, Angelina was like, I, sometimes I don't feel brilliant. And I was like, well, what exactly does brilliant mean to you? And she was like, well, it means that, that and that. And I was like, so are you that, that and that? And she was like, no. And I was like, so why are you like upset that you don't feel brilliant? You just said you aren't because you just said brilliance is X, Y, Z and I'm not X, Y, Z. So either change your definition of brilliant if you really want to have that characteristic or be fine with not being brilliant. Like, it's not like, sometimes I feel like we put ourselves in mental chokeholds. Like, what is going on? Like, if you want to be brilliant, just change your definition of brilliant. Or like, And that's like... If you don't give a fuck, then don't give a fuck. I was also confused too, like why I felt... Well, maybe part of it... I'm also like very oversimplifying it and like making like something that is a little bit more complex like very simplified so also like that's also taken into account but but it was also like maybe part of me is like this unwillingness to not be perfect and like the discomfort that I feel when I don't get things right on the first try it's like it's like my perfectionism I think which I have too so I completely get yeah I hate being wrong (laughs) like I would rather just like not talk than like not be right which is why I like know a lot of stuff and also like just genuinely I just like knowing things it's like kind of like in tandem I like knowing things in which case I feel like I'm always right slash like to be right because I did the work to know them but 
I did the work to know it because I like knowing it. Yeah. Going back to like the whole brilliant thing. It's like, I know that I possess all the capabilities that I want to have. Like, I know I can and am that person that I want to be. But my head is like, no, you suck. You don't deserve this. You're not worthy of X, Y, Z. Like, you can't do this. And it's like, I'm and stabbing like, myself. Right. Like, and like, I was trying chest. to tell her, I was like, sometimes I feel like people will oftentimes be like, oh, just don't believe those negative, false thoughts. Anytime like you have a voice in your head that's telling you you're not shit, you need to be like, I'm the badass, confident, strong bitch I am. No, sometimes you just need to be like, yeah, I'm not shit. Like mm-hmm. sometimes you need to be like, oh, why do you think that? Well, I think you're not shit because you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. And be like, yeah, I didn't do that. I guess I'm not shit because I didn't mm-hmm. do that. And then what? Like literally. And yeah, then what? And- like. There's this obsession with being only defined by like good quality traits or like upstanding things like I have to be brilliant. I have to be intellectual. I need to be perfect. I need to be always right. I need to like be whatever. And then it's like, so of course you're not going to be that, right? And then like now you're telling yourself I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Okay, so you're not. So what? It's kind of like spiritual bypassing a little bit. Just right. bypass like all of these. I don't, and I don't even want to say like negative, but just like the non things that you are. It's okay to not be perfect or intellectual or brilliant. Okay, so now what? And I think also like this is where people get self-introspection work completely wrong because which this is according to me, Olivia. So take that with the grain, but I'm, I have no letters after my name. So <laughs> um, where I think people get the self-introspection work a little bit wrong slash twisted is it'll be like, I want to be brilliant. I want to be intellectual. I want to be whatever. I want to be perfect. And they'll be like, I think that I'm not brilliant because blah, 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 blah. Like those name all their traumas, all their anxieties, blah, blah, blah. Get that all out and be like, and these are the reasons why I think I'm not perfect. And this is what I need to heal from. This is what I need to get over, right? That's like how people approach the self-introspective process before, which I would ask people really in tandem, right? I'm not saying either or of doing all that. Ask yourself first, why do I want to be that? When you ask yourself why you want to be that in the first place, I feel like that will illuminate a lot about yourself because right now, you are coming from a conditioned mind. There is something that like maybe you will uncover in your trauma or maybe in just societal condition that is making you aspire for brilliance. But what in your soul, what in your spirit wants to be brilliant? And the unfortunate reality is some people will ask themselves why you want to be that and they'll name a billion factors that do not include themselves or their highest good. Mm-hmm. Inner child healing is very important. But also just like, if you're like, I feel insecure, I feel insecure okay, you can interrogate that and feel like I feel insecure because my parents never told me I was good enough. The education system made me feel like shit. My friends were mean to me, blah, blah, blah. I was bullied. But then like the question of what do you think security even feels like and what is actually affecting you about this insecurity? Like, why can't you just be insecure? Why does it have to be now a healing journey? And then we get into this perpetual cycle of healing journeys, healing journeys, healing journeys. So many times I feel like the inflictions of ourselves are not about dissipating them, but it is about 
controlling them instead of letting them control you. Mm-hmm. And because we have this idea that it's about getting to the root and, and, making, and making you some healed, all knowing, if we could heal every single thing, we would all be dying as gods. Not everything is to be fixed. Some things are just to right. be reckoned with and controlled by yourself and not letting other people control you. Like if I'm an angry person, there is so much use for radical anger in social movements, in world building, in world making and shaping. But if I'm letting every rando come and trigger my anger, then I'm blowing up at them. I'm blowing up at them. I'm not controlling my anger. My anger is controlling me then that's a very different situation to where I'm controlling my anger and I'm using it as righteous rage. Mm -hmm. I feel like it stems a lot from like this need to make everything mean something. Like not everything has meaning. Which is like a big thing in spirituality. Exactly, yeah. And I would say everything has meaning, but everything doesn't have meaning for you to know and figure out. Yeah. Because how many times have you been out here overthinking and trying to make the meaning of something four months later it's like crystal clear and you're like why did I go through that whole rigmarole right right I guess like another thing too that I've been reckoning with is like I think I'm gay and I really like haven't I feel like that's not oh, like yay. I know I'm like, coming out I think so I'm dead <laughs> I'm gay y'all um and like I feel like I've had conversations with like some of my close friends about it, but it's always been like, I think, I think, like maybe, but I guess this is the first time with like certainty that I've really like said that. What was like that process then for like, like coming out to yourself? Hard. It was really hard. It's, it's cause like a lot of it has to do with how I've been conditioned as a kid and like my parents and stuff like that. And it's, a lot of like invalidating what I really feel and how I came to like acceptance was just like reflecting on I think the past year and like my interpersonal relationships like I've been involved with like a lot of white men and like that's like something to like also decolonize in that process it's like questioning myself why do I act this way like why am I attracted to this am I attracted to this and I also read some which I think I want to read again like there's this doc that was floating around about um compet doc yeah the compet doc Mm -hmm. and I was like reading that and I was like yo this is so true and like I've known I've known for so long yeah it's it was like both like a very hard but also like liberating process to like finally admit it Mm -hmm. to myself yeah, I don't really know what, like, my parents are going to think. And not that I should really care, but that's another that's thing that I've been... You live in their home. Exactly. And, like, I don't know if I like men still. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But I guess it doesn't really matter. Right. Um, just, like, do whatever the fuck I want. Like, be attracted to whoever I'm fucking attracted right. to. It's, like, also scary for me because it's, like, new territory. It's, like, mm-hmm. very unfamiliar. And I don't know, like, dating girls and, like, stuff like that. That's, mm-hmm. like what the fuck do it like I don't know how to like go about that I don't right but yeah that's that that's so fun we should have had a coming out party (laughs) I know we should celebrate yeah I know we should like go to like a gay bar or club or something and celebrate 
I'm scared. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's just like, it shouldn't have been scary like, even not, when you thought scary. you were straight. It's not <laughs> No, I couldn't Girl, get it. When my like, friend, like, she came out F by, like, she was, like, really scared to, like, enter the queer community because, yeah. like, she didn't feel like, I, I guess. I feel like, like a little fraudulent. I deserve, yeah, she felt fraudulent yeah. a little bit. Which is, like, interesting for me, too, because, like, I feel like I don't really know what my sexuality is probably queer adjacent but i don't really like know exactly and i feel perfectly comfortable in queer spaces like and i always have which actually that's what which actually me made me that's actually what made me start questioning my sexuality yeah was, like, the level of comfort that i felt i think as somebody that also like exists in aberration from social norms it's just like okay like these people are also saying fuck social norms mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. you don't have any room to be problematic because you could hate crime me, I could hate crime you a billion <laughs> different ways. There's just like that resonance. And then that's what made me start questioning my own sexuality. And mm-hmm. then I just kind of like got overwhelmed with the amount of possibilities and labels. And then I was like, wait, like I don't really care that much. Right. If I end up with a girl, then I'll I'll say I'm gay, I guess. Like, like <laughs> yeah. if you want that, but I really right. don't, I don't really care. So I guess applications are open if you want to date me because also our astrologer told me oh, my personal yeah. reading to like start dating and i fucking hate dating apps but also i don't go anywhere so maybe i should start going somewhere to meet people but like honestly not just dating but like if you just want to be my friend so my capricorn is in venus so right now i'm having my venus return and charlie our astrologer was on my ass about you need to date you need to date and i'm just like I barely have enough energy to, like, live and, like, sustain myself through, like, life. I can't even entertain the thought of, like, going out of my way. The next person I'm with, I literally just want them to fall in my lap. That's so, my yeah, thing. So, yeah, like, echoing Angelina, my laps are definitely open. I hate the dating experience. I just, like, don't, again, just echoing what Olivia just said. Like, I don't want to put in a lot of effort. It's just, like, Maybe it's also because like I really haven't been like intentional about the person that I want to meet or like yeah I don't think I hate the dating experience like it's just a lot of work I talk so it's fucking energy. much and I like I actually really enjoy meeting new people I really do it's like the I just don't want you to like fuck with my time right for me actually it's just like the mentalness of like dating because I will literally be out here like trying to justify this question myself like oh are you being too this are you being too that even though in my deepest hearts I already know but then I'll be like you're jumping to a conclusion like blah 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 I think it's getting emotionally invested in any capacity mm-hmm. you think about like oh what are the possibilities of this not in a like fairy tale rom-com-esque way but in a just a logical like should I continue dating this person way and then it's just like just gets too much Mm -hmm. and then it's like uh that's why like I also like get scared about dating which I do get very emotionally invested in people and maybe that's something that I also have to like be wary of when like starting to date people like maybe we're just not casual daters yeah maybe I'm just not and and that's the thing too like honestly I'm a type of person who likes to have a deep emotional connection with somebody or else like why would I be talking to you why would I be spending like energy and time on you I mean like that sounds kind of bad but like you know what I mean I feel like I don't mind like dating but I'm not a casual dater like how people would be like oh I have four dates this week I have three dates this week I just like can't keep track like I can't have five hoes on standby like 
even if it's just your like hoe rotation like I just can't like do that it just feels like a lot of people's energy that I'm interacting with all the time obviously I like to think so now I'm thinking about (laughs) oh what what is the priority of this what is the priority of that it's too much it's too much Mm -hmm. I have better things to think about going back to like what we were saying about community I have a huge community here with allegedly and there's so many people here who are like, I want to have more of these types of conversations. So like DM us, like chat with and us. Like, we have an episode coming up that's going to be like a listener takeover episode where like a listener is going to be able to come on. And like if you, you can also bring a friend if you want to or not and like pitch us an idea of a topic you want to talk about and we'll choose like the best one and like we'll film an episode with y'all and we'll mm-hmm. just like chat. So like, yeah, if you're a listener, like be my friend, definitely be our friend. Only if you're like cool, obviously. <laughs> Only if Just you're kidding. Cool. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably automatically cool. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you learned something new today. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to support the making of future episodes, please consider becoming a monthly donor or leaving us a tip on Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal. All of those links will be in the episode description. Lastly, make sure to follow us on Insta, Twitter, and TikTok for updates and even more Allegedly content. Our handle for all social media is at WeSaidAllegedly. See you all next Thursday.